Okay, we just finished our series on serving, and Joseph is going to come tonight and just kind of give us a, a tie-up message to kind of tie it all together. We taught for, I think it was eight lessons on why we have different ministries and why we serve in the different capacities around here, and so Brother Joseph's going to come. Do we have a handout? Ushers, you can hand those out if you haven't done that right now. All right. Thank you, Pastor. And by the way, after hearing Brother Dan, I think me and my wife are going to do that next. So. Trust me, you, you wouldn't want that. Uh, some of us are talented in different ways, and that's not one of them for us. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to preach. I love to preach at Pacific Baptist Church. And, uh, man, one of the friendliest, most receptive, easiest places to preach. And so thank you uh, for that. We've had a great summer, really have. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 9. If you don't, you can turn your Bible there. I think I have the verses in that handout, but we really have had a, thank the Lord, a great summer here at Pacific Baptist Church. Pastors mentioned by the sheer numbers, probably uh, the best summer that we've ever had in 35 years. Thank God for that. We get to be a part of this church at this time in the history of our church. And by the way, it's not normal what's happening here for the vast majority of churches uh, in this country. It's not normal to see kids, teens, adults, and this past week, if I'm not mistaken, Kev, you and Gary, senior citizens, probably 70, 75 years old, uh, come to the Lord almost every single week, and we get to be a part of it. Uh, it's not normal for many, if not most churches in the country, to see the baptism waters moved just about every single week, and we get to be a part of it. It's not normal for us to, Pastor was talking about the building, by the way, it's exciting uh, how far we are. Tim said maybe, not to put the pressure on, but he said maybe in the next four or five weeks, you said month, he said maybe four or five weeks, we'd like to have everything in this building done except for the kitchen, the elevator, and the gym, and that's it, ready to move in. And, but we started right before the Great Recession of 2008. We're finishing right out of COVID. That's not normal, but thank God for what he's done here, right? It's not normal to have between the Spanish, the English, Saturday and Tuesday, sometimes summer saturation, fall soul winning, 150, 200, 250 people from our church out sharing the gospel every week. That's not normal, but we get to be a part of it here at Pacific Baptist Church. And, you know, sometimes you can be right in the middle of blessing and you can miss it if you're not careful. And you start looking at the negatives or looking at what you don't like. Uh, my personal devotions this past week, I was reading about Jacob and there in the middle of Genesis, and he went to sleep. Of course, he was in the wilderness, and uh, he, he had to run away from Esau because of what he had done. But he went to sleep. It was dry. It was the desert. He had rocks for pillows, and he thought he was all alone. He thought nothing was going on there. He went to sleep, and you remember God gave that vision of the ladder. You remember that? The angels were coming up and down. And what did he say when he woke up the next day? He said, surely... The Lord was in this place, and I knew it not. Might we never go to sleep on what God's doing? I hate to wake up on the other side and look back and say, you know what, God was there and God was working, but I missed it. I missed it. Let's be, my dad used to talk about Judas. You remember the prophecy concerning Judas? Pastor, you remember this. My dad used it all the time where he'd say, what, why was it that Judas could walk with the Lord for three years and see all those miracles and still betray him? What was it? Because in the midst of it all, the prophet said years before that Judas rejoiced not in blessing. Y'all remember that? My dad used to talk about that. Let's not miss what God is doing here. I'm so thankful to be a part of Pacific Baptist Church. 
at this time. Of course, so thankful for Pastor having back from vacation, leading us forward as we look to the fall. We just finished a very helpful series as we're about to turn to our handout. And we talked about why we have soul winning ministry, why we have bus ministry. Help me out. What are some of the other ones? Why we have pastor's favorite stewardship, why we have giving ministry. Come on now, right? He felt something on that one. Uh, Why we have education ministry, why we have Sunday school, why we have all different ministries, right? We gave the why and it was challenging, but I try to teach my kids the goal is not just information, but inspiration, right? My son is a book, he's a bookworm. My wife said in the last year she thinks he's read about 5,000 pages of books. No, that, that's, that's hard to believe, but she, she said it, and, and she, she doesn't lie. Um, but I think in the last two or three weeks, he's probably read five, 600 pages, three books. And, but when it comes to the Bible, I try to tell him, I say, hey, son, you're reading a science book? Information, right? Information, information. But you're reading the Bible is not just the what, it's the how am I going to apply this practically and the why behind, or the what behind it, right? What am I supposed to do because of what I heard? So that's what I want to do tonight. We had some great preaching about all the different ministries at Pacific Baptist Church. And for about 25 minutes here, if I might, let's talk about what we can do as a church through the ministries at Pacific Baptist Church. And we're excited about the fall and what's going to happen and what God's going to do. So let's talk about that. Let's look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter number 9, I just want to make three practical observations from what, uh, what the Lord says here, and then three practical applications. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted, were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now I first want to look at three simple observations from this passage before we make it really practical for me and you. First of all, letter A, you have it in your hand out there. I see that Christ was doing a great work. What was Christ doing? Christ was preaching. Man, would you have loved to sit down and hear Christ preach in person? Imagine that. I mean, I, I like to listen. We've had uh, Brother Cooper up here. We had Tony Hudson up here before. We have pastor here every week. Come on now. We have great preachers come behind this pulpit. But could you imagine to hear Jesus Christ preach in the flesh? That would have been awesome. But not just that. He was going around and he was healing the hurting. He was setting liberty to the captives. He was healing the brokenhearted. And he was changing lives. He was doing a great work. And by the way, I'm thankful for the great work that God is doing here at our church right here and right now. And by the way, he is doing a great work. I'm thankful for, uh, I'm thankful for all the new people, as we mentioned a minute ago. I was talking to Angel this, uh, this past week, and, and I don't remember what day it was, but someday you just decided to go out soul winning. And I think you led your first person to the Lord this year, did you not? Right, for the first time ever, uh, he won someone to the Lord. This past week, just went out with his boys, no reason, no soul winning time, no nothing, just let's go soul winning, and saw somebody saved right there. I think it was right outside of the store. Praise the Lord for what he's doing and new people and newer people here at our church. I'm excited about the couples that have gotten married in the last couple years and are starting families and rearing their families for God right here in our church. It's exciting to look at the future and the potential of the young families that we have. Um, I'm thinking of, I think, of, uh, I think Chris is doing... Um, 
And Chris McDermott, he's doing security on Thursday night. Someone's got to watch the nursery hallway. But I think of, uh, of the two of them. And I could go on and on and on. I'm just, just proud of them. And then, Brother Joseph, let me know if there's anything we can do. And, and, and they're going to be getting married here soon. He said, hey, Brother Joseph, I've been, I've been watching stuff just about, I want to make sure that I keep myself pure until my wedding. And I'm looking at stuff about, uh, about marriage and about child rearing and just their desire to, to, to do it right, to do it right. And I'm excited about what God is doing here at our church. And we could go on and on and on. So many that are growing. So many that are at Bible Institute. I'm thankful for the work that he's doing here. But look at letter B as I'm moving here. First of all, Christ was doing a great work. But letter B, Jesus looked up from the task at hand and he saw a great need. He saw a great need. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. You know, every once in a while, be good as Christ did right there, you're in the middle of doing a great work. To stop, to pause, and to look up from a great work and realize that though there's a great work going on, there's still a great need out there. And that's what Christ did right there. By the way, I'm thankful for what Christ is doing in this place. But every once in a while, we'd, be, we'd do well as Pacific Baptist Church members and staff and pastoral staff to look up from the work that's going on in here and look out to the fields and realize there's a great need right outside these doors. And I, looked to, I was looking at some stats about religion in Long Beach. And we just did a census. Some of you probably filled it out just a couple years ago. And I thought, what's the state of Christianity in Long Beach, in Anaheim, in Los Angeles and in this area. Look at your notes here. I have some stats here I'd like us to consider today. God has called this church, not just pastor, not just me, Brother Ross, Brother Chim, the other staff. God's called us, you, me, this church, to be a lighthouse in this community, to be a hospital for sinners in this city. Now I want us to understand the sheer need right outside these two doors. Look here. Long Beach, it's a little more than this, but the population of our city is about half a million, 456,000 people. Approximately and only 10%, that's one out of every 10, claim any type of of Protestant Christianity. That would include, we're supposed to be a Christian nation, right? You know, the majority, 50% claim Christian. Not where God's called us to serve. On the census, what people filled out, only 10%. Here in Long Beach, put any type of Christianity, uh, Protestant Christianity. That includes Methodist, Pentecostal. A lot of times there's works going on there. Episcopalian, Lutherans up the church that have the gay pride flag on there. They, they would claim Protestant. They claim Christian and other. So it's very conservative to say 10%. You know what that means? That leaves 410,000 people in this city alone that we pass every single day that are lost and on their way to a Christless eternity. That's a sobering thought. And God has called you, and God has called me, and God has called us as a church to be a lighthouse and to reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was thinking about that. How, what does that do to the heart of God? How concerned was God with Nineveh? 120,000. He was concerned even with their cattle, but their king and their people. We have almost four times the amount of people that are in Nineveh. Do you not think God wants some preachers to go out and share the gospel with the people in our city? I think God's very concerned with what goes on here. That means that 90%, 90 out of every 100 people conservatively that you and I see when we go out to get our frap at Starbucks, 
And by the way, it'd be good for us every once in a while to look up and think like this when we're out in our day-to-day life. When we grab our frap in Starbucks and there's 20 people in there, most likely 18 of those people are lost without Christ. One of our guys took public transportation, I don't know, probably fit 40 on that bus. 30, whatever's on there. 90% of those people that you rode with on that bus today are most likely lost without Christ and on their way to a Christless eternity. When you go to the gym, when you go to Kaiser or Memorial or College Medical, right, uh, Joe and George, uh, or wherever you go, when you go to the hospital, realize that nine out of every ten people that you see as we go to the store and we go grab a coffee, we go work out, whatever we do, they're lost and they need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God has planted us here at this time to reach this city with the gospel. Jesus looked up and he saw a great need. But he didn't stop right there. I see that Jesus gave us a great solution. I'm thankful the Bible doesn't present problems without giving us the solution to meet that problem or meet that need. Look here. He says, they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. Labors are few. Look here. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. It always gets me right here when I come across this passage. Jesus Christ doesn't talk too much about limitations in the Bible. But when he talked about this need, when he talked about the harvest, God omnipotent and almighty himself, he said there is a limitation here. There is something that will stop, that will hinder the gospel from getting out to the harvest. And look here. Christ was doing a great work. He had a vision for the work. But he realized that the work was limited by one thing. Was it the Holy Spirit's power? No. Was it the power of God himself? No. Was it the power that lacked in the gospel? No. Was it a lack of churches? No. Was it not the presence of God? No. You say, what was the singular hindrance to the gospel getting to the harvest? One word. Laborers. Laborers. The limitation to how many souls that will be saved in Long Beach? Laborers. The limitation to more Sunday school classes being started and more people being taught? Laborers. I was listening to a sermon from my dad the other day. I don't remember if you, you sent it or someone sent it to me. And he said, you know, he said, I'd like to see 50 Sunday school, I think he said 50 adult Sunday school classes in that new building. Well, five weeks from now, we're in, almost. We're here. How about it? What's stopping us from reaching that many more adults and having them cared for and shepherded than their needs met? One word, laborers. Limitation on how many will be discipled here? Laborers. Limitation on how many people will go get picked up on buses? Laborers. Limitation on how many churches will plant? That was exciting what Brother Board talked about, fifth church plant. Laborers. How about getting missionaries around the world? Laborers. Christ's solution was laborers. I have in your notes, that was plan A, and there is no plan B. There is no plan B. With that introduction in mind, introduction is as long as the message itself. So let's get into it. What then can we do based on what we've talked about, the ministries, and all that God's called us to do here at Pacific Baptist Church? Number one, practically what can we do? Well, first of all, we can determine, this is not number one, we can determine I'm going to enlist as a laborer. As a laborer. 
the, the laborers may be few at such and such Baptist church, such and such, such and such Pentecostal church, but not here at Pacific Baptist Church, by God's grace, right? What can we do? Number one, speaking of ministries, number one, we can get involved in a soul-winning ministry. Get involved in a soul-winning ministry. If we are going to meet the needs in this city, in this state, in this country, and in this world, we're going to have to be a soul-winning church. We're going to have to be a soul-winning church. When people think of Pacific Baptist Church, they think missions-minded. They think friendly. Let's also have them think, man, those people care about souls in their area. Let's be a soul-winning church. Look here. I don't know if you have this in your notes. The gospel spreads when God's people get a passion for sharing the gospel. Let's be a soul-winning church. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 and verse 4. Of course, the early church, this was a persecution that would come. Look here and follow with me if you would. The Bible says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, Stephen's death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad. Now, let's think here, here without cheating and looking ahead. Uh, you, know, you know how it is when you have that open book quiz, right? Everybody's trying to look ahead. Without looking ahead, who was scattered abroad? Think here. The Jews, the apostles, the pastors, the deacons, the staff members. Now look here. Look what it says here. This is important we understand. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Huh. What are the next couple words? What are they? Talk to me here. What are they? Ooh, we need some coffee. Uh, Bowen, can we brew some more coffee back? I'm just kidding. Thank you. I'm about to bring me one. Uh, what are the next couple words there? Except the apostles. What does that mean? Look here. Look at the next phrase. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad. Who was that? Not the apostles, right? This was the church. This was the church members. Not the preachers. Not the bigwigs. Not the pastoral staff. The people. Look here. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere doing what? Preaching the word. You say, why did Christianity spread so much from Acts chapter 8 and on? Because those that were scattered everywhere, the apostles did their part, but the church members went about preaching the word. Amen. Look here, Philippians chapter 127. Only let your conversation be as it becometh what? The gospel. And I can read on, but I will not. I want to challenge us. Let's be a soul winning, passionate about the gospel church here at Pacific Baptist Church. We want to make a difference. We have all these ministries. First and foremost, our calling is to go out to win a lost and dying city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What can we do practically? Here it is. Let's get real practical here. I want to challenge every one of us to be part of a soul winning time as a church, Tuesday or Saturday. Come on out. Come on out. And by the way, I think comparatively speaking, we probably, pastor would know more than I would, we probably have more people soul winning maybe than a lot of churches do. But I think we can do better. I think we can. I think maybe there's some that you used to come out on Tuesdays or Saturdays. And I know some of you, you, you work long hours and you work jobs. Maybe you can't do both. Come out to one. I know some of our business owners and some of our construction guys. I think of one of our guys, he's breaking concrete all day long. And, and he'll show up in a, one of our partners on Tuesday. I get it. Let's be a soul winning church. Come out on Tuesday or Saturday and just say, you know what? When the church goes soul winning, I'm going to come out during the week. I'm going to share the gospel. Next, here's a, here's a good one. Be sure, plug, to attend Pastor Mike Ray's soul winning training. Pastor, you have the date on the top of your head? First Saturday in October. We have, Pastor Mike Ray is known as Mr. Soul Winner. 
I went to, with, uh, with him uh, to a hotel before. And man, everywhere he goes, he's like, here, let me give you this. And here, have you heard about the gospel? Have you heard about Jesus? Yeah. Do you know if you're going to heaven when you die? He's a great soul winner. And we have him coming here to Pacific Baptist Church to do a workshop to teach us how to go soul winning. I'm looking forward to it. I've been soul winning for a long time. Let's all be there. Every single one of us, let's be there. We had one of our new people from our class ask. They said, actually, I've had a couple people say, I want to learn how to more effectively share the gospel. I said, come there, and we'll have a workshop and teach you for, for a couple hours how to share the gospel. Next, here's a suggestion. Take tracks everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. You say, I don't know where to get tracks from. Brother Dan's the man. Talk to him. He'll make sure you get some tracks. Uh, when you, now, if you don't tip and you leave 50 cents and a mean note, don't leave a track, okay? Leave a track from Mormon church or Catholic church or something like that. But... You go out and you, 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 you're able to strike up a conversation with the waiter. It goes, leave a track with your tip. With your tip. You, go, you go and there's a, I was going to say a phone booth. Man, I'm, da I'm dating myself. Where'd that come from? That was like the way, the recesses of my, uh, my memory there. Um, you're at a stall, wherever you are. You're at a gas station. Hand out a track. Give out a track. You never know. A couple right here, right? Just found a track on the elevator door. Am I not mistaken? Found a track on the elevator door. Haven't been here quite a year yet, but been here almost a year, almost done with discipleship, uh, formal discipleship. Why? Because someone just put a track out. Is that, you say, I'm an introvert. It doesn't take much to pull something out and say, I give you an invitation to our church. On the back, it shows you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. But simple as that. And you don't know what that seed might do in someone's life. You might just get to eternity and find out that they got saved. I, I think about the guy who witnessed to my dad. Uh, of course, he, 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 was, he was sharing the gospel there at uh, 6045 Cherry, I believe, uh, North Long Beach. And as far as he knew, he was just preaching to a bunch of hippie teenagers with long hair, and nothing came of it. But my dad got saved. Amen. And that man, whoever he is, wherever he is, he might not even be alive today. When he gets to heaven, he's going to have some rewards because someone went out and shared the gospel with a bunch yeah. of teens. Amen. You never know what sharing the seed of the gospel can do in someone's life. I said, number one, take track, uh, I'm sorry, uh, take tracks wherever you go. Be soul winners to our, once we learn, our coworkers, our neighbors, our friends, our families, and let's be soul winners at Pacific Baptist Church. We are, we are, but let's be part of a soul winning ministry. Number two, not just a soul winning ministry, but how about get involved in a serving ministry? A serving ministry. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 10. As every man hath received the gift, God's gifted us all, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What's he saying there? God has uniquely gifted every one of us. Now, he's gifted some of you with musical ability, and that's not me. Now, pastor says it's not him. But I don't know. We've heard him hum a couple times up here, and I, I don't know. I think he's hiding that talent under a bushel, but that's okay. We'll let him preach and, 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 and lead. Uh, we've all been gifted, the Bible says. We all have different talents that God has given us. We're going to go out there, and we're going to win people to the Lord, and we're going to bring them in. When they come, let's serve. Let's serve. The Bible makes it very clear here. Every man hath received the gift. The Bible makes it clear that every single one of us have a part in the local church. You remember, the Bible says if one part is lacking, the whole church is, feels it, right? It feels it, right? And so how has God gifted you, and where can you serve here in our church? I think you have this here. Every saint, a what? Servant. Every saint's a servant. Next, 
Ask not, Brother Board posted this recently, what your church can do for you. I think this is a quasi-spiritualized version of Kennedy's quote, right? Ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church for the sake of the gospel. Next, God has saved us to what? God saved us to serve. How can you be a part in a practical way of serving here during our church times? I was talking to... Where's Joel? Sure enough, he's playing hooky. Maybe he's serving. I don't know. Joel Alcaraz, somewhere around here. Anyways, wherever he is, serving, right? Man. And I just got his permit. Make sure your insurance is paid. Um, uh, Going to be going for his uh, license soon. And we were just talking in the hallway, and Joel said, he said, you know, he said, I'm looking forward to getting my license. I said, you almost got your license? Yes. He said, you know why I'm excited about getting my license? He said, I think we're going to get to a point where we're going to need a shuttle again on Sunday nights, and I want to drive the night service shuttle. Now, that's what you call someone who says, man, I, I'm going to get my license. I just want to use my abilities to serve. Uh, how about the buses? You know, we could really, really, really use some bus drivers. Now, if you've got three citations, four infractions, a couple of reckless drivings, <coughs> make coffee. <laughs> uh, we could use some more bus drivers. Maybe some of you, you already come here a little bit early. We don't have air brakes anymore. That's the scary part. All of us had to go through that, the whole air brake situation. Um, it's not that hard. We can train you. Maybe you're here already and you can go pick up kids. We have money or some people that are, that are willing to pitch in and help us get another bus once we have a bus driver. How about serving in some capacity like that? How about as an usher? I know we can use more ushers. How about as part of the security team? Pastor was talking about keeping us secure. That's important. How about as a greeter? Now, if, if you can't crack a smile, you, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll bleed. Uh, maybe, again, make coffee, right? Uh, but we could use some greeters. There's nothing like showing up somewhere and someone smiles and greets you and they're glad that you're there. We go out and we spend a lot of money and, and man hours and, and time to pass out tracks when people come. It'd be nice if we had some parking attendants out front, some people right here in the foyer. Thank you, Ms. Blanche. And others just to be greeters around the church. How can you serve? Next, parking attendance. I mentioned that. How about in your adult Sunday school class? I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Whether it's a Brother John, Filipino, you have some servants in that class. But uh, wherever you go to Sunday school, I guarantee it. Your adult Sunday school teacher would be blessed if you walked up and said, hey, how can I serve in the Sunday school class? There's, I keep going back to coffee. You know I like coffee. Praise the Lord. Uh, there's coffee to be made. There's donuts to be bought. There's bulletins. I, the people that do our bulletins and set up our class, it's a huge blessing. Why? Because it's prepared when people come in so they can hear the word of God and that we can have things well, uh, going well at our church. And then you see other stuff there. I don't have this here, but where's Brother Nick? How about the choir? How about the choir? I know there's some of you that can carry a tune and, and, and like pastor, but he's got other responsibilities. We won't hold it against him. We know he can sing. But uh, you can carry a tune, but you've been holding out. Stop holding out. Stop holding out. I, I know two people, they've talked to me, and they said, hey, I think we're going to join the choir. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, how about you can play an instrument? You know, the more instruments that are up here, the more full it sounds. And it's just, I don't know about you, when, when, when we've got, uh, what do we have, the, 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 the trumpet, and we've had violin before, and we have the, 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 the wind stuff, and we have the flute. And, and man, when that's going behind the music, it really sounds almost heavenly, if you would. Man, it adds another element to the service. You say, it's just an instrument. No, that's serving God. That's making a difference when people come into our church. I think of, uh, where's Miss Mkako and her uh, food service ladies? Man, they're a blessing, aren't they, when the church feeds us to have it all ready to go? Whatever your talent or your gift is, let's ask, 
How can I serve the people of Pacific Baptist Church and those God brings our way? We said, number one, be part of a soul winning ministry. Number two, be part of a serving ministry. And number three, how about getting involved in a strengthening ministry? A strengthening ministry. Take a couple minutes and I'll be done here. Look at Acts chapter 18, please. Acts 18, a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man. This guy had some talent, had some gifts. Mighty in scriptures came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing, however, only the baptism of John. So he had a zeal, but his doctrine wasn't quite up to speed, and uh, he didn't necessarily know about Christ's baptism and, 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 and whatnot. Look here. And he began to speak boldly. He wanted to be part of what was going on at the church. In the synagogue, but look here, whom, when, who are those next two people? When Aquila and Priscilla, that was a lay couple, do you know what they did for a living? What'd they do? They made tents. They were tent makers. Weren't full-time ministry. Weren't pastors. Weren't deacons as far as we know. But look here, whom, when, this is just a couple that loved the ministry and wanted to make a difference, and they saw a guy that had some potential, they latched onto him, and they made a difference in his life, and thus in the lives of many others. Look here. Whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them. I like that. They took him, took ownership of the guy, and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. I'll take about two more minutes. I'll be done here. I'm thankful for all the people that God has brought this way, that have been saved, that have been baptized. But you know, we're not just looking for numbers. We're looking for disciples. Amen. How do we make disciples? Disciples make disciples. Amen. Right? And we don't just want people who come and sit here on a Sunday morning. We want families where the dad is leading the home, according to the scriptures. The wife understands her God-given role in the home. The children aren't just good kids, but godly kids. The home is going the direction God wants them to go, right? The kids are not doing their own thing, but seeking God's will as teens and as young adults, right? You say, how are they going to learn that? Primarily the pulpit. Yes, thank, thank God for good preaching here. But you know, a lot of times, even more than that, where somebody in the church gets a hold of them and shows them how it's done. Someone has them over for dinner and, sh and talks to them about it. And because they have, you've invested that time, you have their ear and you can make a difference in their life. I think of, uh, I know, I think Brother Ryan and Mrs. Rawl, they're out doing discipleship right now. I think so. And the people they are, they're doing discipleship with in Brother Gary's class, a couple times, I've, I've talked to Brother Cruz, right? I've talked to him in the hallway. He said, hey, hey, Brother Joseph, can I talk to you? I'm growing in this area, and I, and I want to continue to grow here. He said, what is that? That's not the pastor making a difference, though he is. That's just a couple in the church saying, hey, how can I get involved in strengthening the people that God has brought to us here at Pacific Baptist Church? I guarantee it. You go to your adult Sunday school teacher and you say, hey, who can I work with? Who can I take, as Aquila and Priscilla did? Who can I invest in and make a difference? I guarantee, if we're soul winners here at Pacific Baptist Church, if we all have a heart to serve, and if every single one of us look and say, who can I take hold of, and who can I strengthen and help disciple in our church, I've said it before, pastor said it before, our church will be busting at the seams, and we'll make the difference that God wants us to make here in our Jerusalem and even further than that. God's given us a lot of ministries. 
We're looking forward to the fall time. By the way, if we've had a good summer, I can't wait to see what God's going to do in the fall because the fall is always better than the summer. But if we can do these three things, I really think through the ministries God's given us, we'll make a big difference for God's glory and for the good of many people in this city and around the world. Pastor, let's all stand. We'll close in prayer.